0: Hi. Hi, hey, this is Hannah Williams from Salary Transparency, Street, and you're listening to the Let's Get Coffee podcast. Over a cup of joe, cup of tea, or whatever you please, I chat with people across a wide range of different industries and job titles about their career journeys and experiences. We get into salaries and how they fluctuated over time, what they've learned, and what pieces of advice they can share with you that were game changers to them. If you like what you hear, I would love if you would take a quick second to double check that you're subscribed so you don't miss any of our weekly episodes. And feel free to leave us a kind review if you're feeling generous without further ado let's get into the episode so gabby actually this is so funny did you bring a mug today yo i did
1: i this has sentimental value so i like had to bring it okay so the mug i don't know if you can see it says actually i can i love it i bought it my first serious corporate job not like my first job but like the when i was in asset management i was in finance uh-huh. where i was like in the boys club like one of the only chicks on the floor i was like First of all, I'm like, 4'11", like, don't tell me what to do, but also, like, I'm going to prove all of you wrong. So I, like, bought this mug and I, like, sit at my desk, like, all prim and proper, like, drinking my, like, coffee. Like, can you can you read this? Like, actually, I can do all the things that you can do. So I love
0: – very fitting for the podcast. I feel like mugs, I don't know, but they have, like, a hold on me. Like, they really do empower me. Like, stuff like that, it just totally gets over any imposter syndrome I have. Like, I have a similar mug, so – I totally get it. I am slacking today. I was gonna use this mug, but then I was like, I don't. Oh my god, Snoopy! I know it's Snoopy. So yeah, my little story. (laughs) For some reason, I have like an obsession with this guy. Like I think he's the cutest little cartoon, and he's so like unproblematic. I'm like, we haven't canceled him yet. Like protect him at all costs. (laughs) But I have. I mean, how could you hate a dog? I know you can't cancel a dog. So I had Starbucks. So I was gonna pour it in there, but then I didn't have time. So that's what we've got. (laughs) So no pizza. Today. That's, no today that's a surprise that's a change-up yeah well you know they didn't have pumpkin bread today so I was like I gotta go with Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> I make my decisions for coffee based on their bakery no <laughs>
1: Yo, you gotta gotta eat gotta fuel up get that exactly. caffeine get that food you know how it is
0: <laughs> but Gabby I know all about your career and like you have really inspired me like backstory corporate quitter Gabby right here. You really inspired me to get the wheels turning about quitting my corporate job. Like I never saw kind of a way out of my hamster wheel when I was still at my nine to five and I came across your page. I think I looked up like hashtag quit talk back in like September or something last year when everything was piping hot and I found you and we've been connected ever since and now we like work together we have a cool new should I release it the co-hosted podcast coming out Yeah, soon. sure when this comes out it's already going to come out it's like, going it, to come yeah. out so I really want to <laughs> go into sharing your story with our audience as well like what let's start with school let's start with when you were a kid what were you like as a kid like did you have a dream job did you have your sights set on anything Dude, it's so funny because, right, we're at
1: the last year of 2020 or the last week of 2022, so I'm in, like, super reflective mode. Yeah. And, of course, I've been in a crosshairs in this quitter journey multiple times of just, like, where are we going? What are we doing? Mm-hmm. And... It dawned on me this week that finally I'm at a point in my adult life where I'm actually doing all the things that I did as, as I did as a kid. So like I never was just focused on one thing. Like I know I talked to people and they're like, oh, I knew I was going to be an artist and I love to paint or I love Can't to do relate. this. or And I was kind of one of those people who like I did everything. Like anytime there was an itch, mm-hmm. whether it was like fashion design, like artistry, like building with Legos, like whatever it was, I was always digging my my nails into mm-hmm. it, my hands into it. And you know, I play with the boys, I play with the girls, I just play with Mm -hmm. everyone. And I'm kind of doing the same thing as a quitter now. And
0: it's been, it's really, it's been really fun to bring that joy back in and play. I love that. Oh my gosh. I I was the same way. Like whenever people are like, did you know what you wanted to be as a kid? I was like, I changed my mind like every day, (laughs) depending on what movie I watched and like what I saw that I liked. And like still to this day, I don't really see... I don't believe in the whole like you have one identity. I think that that can be applied in careers as well. Like if you have a creative itch, go itch it. If you want to work in like construction for a year, go do that. Like the doors are always open. So I love that you're really like spreading that message. But when you got to college, like right around high school time, what changed? You know what? What were you thinking about studying? What did you do? So it's interesting. I was tied between three different careers. I
1: knew I liked puzzles and I liked to create. Like solutions for problems, but I didn't really know where that bucket, like, fell into. Mm -hmm. So I was actually thinking about (laughs) archaeology. I was thinking about forensics, right, because you're solving a puzzle of, like, DNA and all this stuff. And then the last was teaching, not because I necessarily loved the aspect of teaching, but I loved kids and I loved to play. So I was like, Mm -hmm. what better way than to play all day with, like, a bunch of kids because I look like one and I act like one? Dope. (laughs) And so – Essentially what happened was I chose the teaching career because my parents were like, oh, benefits, and you get the summer vacations and all that stuff. And archeology, span like literally, like I couldn't, it was going to interrupt my dream of having a family and like staying Mm -hmm. put in one place. So I was like, okay, I can't travel and do those things. I'll I'll travel, you know, in a different way, but not for my job. And then forensics, I ended up, I knew a cop and he had shown me a case. I'm not gonna get into the details of the case, but it was a brutal case. So I saw that case and he was like, if you can't handle this, you can't, you can't handle any cases that come through. Not that I couldn't, mm-hmm. but it was just, That's you know, lot. the case was way too, it was a lot for me to process emotionally. I was like messed up the whole day. I was yeah. like, "Yep, yeah, we're not getting into forensics. Like I'm a baby. I can't. What a so great we went way to, to find out
0: though. Like yeah. there should be better tests like that for all careers. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, can you I mean, it's this? a brutal one.
1: Like it didn't help with sleeping for a few days but yes it has ultimately helped me make a decision when at eighteen who has the decision the key for the rest of your life yeah. I don't even know when I'm turning thirty in
0: six months like I don't know what right. i'm doing no idea it's always figuring it out cool so what did you end up pursuing like and what school did you go to like did you choose a public school private school
1: yeah so I started with the community college for two years I got my Love associates that. liberal arts and all that before i fully decided to go into teaching Mm -hmm. so I was like still dabbling and like you know I wanted to save money and and stay at home and stuff Mm -hmm. because I was helping my family and supporting them so I went to community college did the commuter thing and everything and Mm -hmm. then the last two years to get my bachelor's I went into teaching Mm -hmm. officially I got a dual degree in general education and special education and that was a private college Mm -hmm. but again I was commuting I didn't do the whole go away to college thing Mm -hmm. so I graduated in 2015 with that degree and then of course like a month after it was like I don't know if this is for me, and that's when like the the quitter journey
0: essentially like the pivoting started the, the the job hopping. Cool. Honestly, I didn't know that you. I I think you may have mentioned it, but I didn't know that you went to community and then private after. That's literally the same journey I did like I went to community oh really yeah I went to community college for my first two years got my associates in business and then I transferred to Georgetown which was private but I was also commuting because like I lived on campus the first like semester and then I was like screw this it's too expensive I'm out total segue but that's so weird that we had like the same kind of educational journey there (laughs) so we do have a lot of
1: similarities so So many probably why we get along
0: so well also the height and like the the angst you know it's (laughs) (laughs) Just angry, pent-up energy. Um, I love it. When you graduated and you got into teaching, do you remember what your first job was and how much you made like straight out of school? So I actually couldn't get an
1: actual teaching job. At that time in New York, it was super competitive and that's where I was like, oh my God, I was sold like a bag of lies wherever it was said you were going to get a a job immediately and I couldn't get one. And then I was thinking about pursuing my master's for the same reason of like, I can't get a job. So maybe if I'm more qualified, they'll Mm. hire me. But I ended up taking a – Like, it wasn't within the teaching field, but it was not in an actual school setting. So I actually worked for, like, a bougie summer camp. Mm -hmm. Then that basically turned that into, like, an assistant position with the CEO of said bougie school for young children in New York City, which got me my, like, leg into Manhattan because prior I was out in Long Island in, like, the deep suburbs and Mm -hmm. didn't really have access to the things that I did. Yeah. uh, Basically down in my career.
0: I bet that didn't pay very well, right? Like –
1: I think it might have been, like – Actually, it wasn't too bad. It might wow. have been like 12 or
0: $15 an hour. It wasn't Not terrible. Bad. And it was cash. So it was like, cool. I That's dope. Cool. So you said that you transitioned into a career as like an assistant job. How did that come about? Yeah. So I ended up like
1: kind of doing a dual
0: position at the same time. So
1: I ended up working as a nanny simultaneously while I did the assistant position mm-hmm. because right, both nannying, assisting, like they, they have similarities the for teaching. sure. Exactly. So I was trying to find like the breadcrumb trail to get me into an office job. Mm -hmm. And so that seemed like the best scenario of like, let me like be a nanny for a high executive, you know, high level executive who can prove my worth in one way and get paid well and, and work with children and stuff. And then let me also work with an executive, literally a CEO who's building a company offer my, you know, my help with marketing as well as assisting and things, mm-hmm. and then be able to, when I'm ready to apply for a corporate job, have both of those references to say, hey, like I can function behind the scenes as, mm-hmm. you know, within the family unit as well as in the actual office. So I know a full holistic viewpoint of what these executives are going through and can assist yeah. in anything they, that they need. And it worked really well in my segue, but it was definitely hard to get
0: hired after that. It what was were, really hard. Tell me about it. What were some of those challenges?
1: Well, first of all, everyone's like, you're not qualified because you're a teacher. And I'm like, let me tell you, <laughs> <I'm> Like, first <laughs> of all, like, <laughs> as you know, and everyone who's listening, like essentially corporate is like your babysitting toddlers, but in adult
0: form, right? Right, it, you right. know, Everyone
1: has their, their ten- temper tantrum in some way, shape or form of like, the fax isn't working or, hey, I can't get this or the meeting's mm-hmm. not scheduled or blah, blah, blah. So gossip,
0: bullying. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. And there's a lot of that nonsense going on, but it's not quite as like, Like, literally, cross your arms and throw a tantrum and cry and scream. It's just maybe more of like, I'm going to go tell HR on you. Ha, ha, ha. Or like, and I'm also not going to give you the job that you want. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So, you know, I, I, people weren't taking me seriously. I wasn't getting job interviews. I would start the process and they would just, again, like, put me through all these hurdles and then they'd, it just wasn't working out. And so actually to get hired, Mm -hmm. I ended up working as a real estate agent to again, further prove like, Hey, I can handle sales and I can handle phones and calendars and all that. And I did that for about three months right before I got my first official corporate job, like on the books, W2, like on wall street and all of that.
0: Awesome. Tell me, okay. So that job, how much were you making? What was it like? Like, what was the job environment like? How many hours were you working? Like how long were you there? So that
1: one, Was the first part of my really aggressive job hopping journey. So Mm -hmm. I think the starting rate for that was about 40 or 45,000. It was very low entry, especially for New York City. Like, Mm -hmm. girl ain't paying rent with that money. That was not paying the bills. So it was just to get my foot in the door. And Mm -hmm. once I had gotten there too, I was realizing that, again, my teaching ability allowed me to do other things, right? Because as a teacher, you're constantly solving problems when you're working with children, right? There's constantly things going on. Mm -hmm. So I applied that same knowledge to this job as an administrator, but then I was doing tech stuff and IT stuff and I was doing this and that and HR. And all of a sudden I was like this person who was managing legit everything for this company. Mm -hmm. And that's great because I was well respected, very, very well respected, but not so much that they wouldn't give me more responsibility I wasn't really mm-hmm. able to make more money and so within about four months time I ended up leaving yeah and there were some toxic behaviors that were going on behind the scenes there were lawsuits like I was just like I'm not gonna grow here this is like a frat house yeah like fun but we're out <laughs> can only do it for so long <laughs> I it's cute it was fun at first but now I'm like ready to be serious and like put my big girl panties on yeah. and like move on <laughs> so like three four or five months later I mm-hmm. moved into tech luckily nice and that obviously pays significantly better so I went from making
0: about 40 ish K to about 60k which was great how is it to get into that like did you just interview did you know someone I'm I'm sure networking helps oh yeah recruiting
1: recruiters Mm -hmm. definitely that was how I got my first corporate job that's how basically how I got a lot of my corporate jobs oh yeah I
0: know they are the key to the castle
1: they really are and for a while I was concerned about working with them but they Mm. really a lot of them when I had met them they're like you look like terrible on paper but when I meet you (laughs) we love you I'm like that's what I've been trying to say this whole time so I mean it was just such a great opportunity to especially when you find a recruiter that you love and who gets you like actually gets you which is a a meeting process yeah so you know and they obviously appreciate it because when you need another job they're like sign me up because then they get paid right So it's a win-win Yeah. So I had used the same recruiter on two different placements. The second one being in tech, which again, Mm -hmm. 60K. So it was a 20K pump. Nice. We love that. And then I was there for 11 months. This was a very well-respected small tech company. They were fully bootstrapped, which is hard Mm -hmm. to find in the tech industry. Yes. But because of that, there was caps in terms of finances and there were like, you know, it was just a bit of a longer kind of trajectory as opposed Mm -hmm. to like a typical corporate environment and at that point I like wanted to stay somewhere for a while yeah so I left there about 11 months later and bumped my salary to about I think 72 base nice and that was in asset management again as an executive assistant so we kind of were following the assistant path until I could kind of pivot
0: out of that cool so did you like assisting like what were the best and worst parts of it
1: I actually really liked it because it got me into rooms that I don't think i would have been able to prior True. in the sense of like, I you know if you're in marketing you only get to hang out in the marketing meetings and if right. you're in accounting you're only in the account but when you're an assistant you're wherever the people need to be so yeah I especially being an assistant too I got more flexibility to raise my hands mm-hmm. on projects that I felt that I can as- like help with mm-hmm. from neighbors and people that I had collaborated with like personally or whatever it was so mm-hmm. for example you know my job I was started off assisting six executives by the time I got promoted. I was assisting 16 and I was in like eight different departments. I was in tax. I was in marketing. I was in philanthropy. I was in what else was in? I was in capital markets and treasury. I mean, I was like doing everything and I was again, well-respected. I got my notary license. I was like the notary for all three floors. Like it just, again, you just spread yourself as far as you can can in all these different directions. Mm -hmm. And then it spreads like wildfire. And when you're up for promotion, All of a sudden, I got three or four offers from different departments because of Mm -hmm.
0: that. Yeah, because they love you. They can't live without you. That's a great way to like have value at your job. (laughs) Why did they lose you? Oh, go ahead. Well,
1: I mean, no, I was just going to say that like as an assistant, you're seen as like kind of bottom of the barrel, like you're not Mm -hmm. really respected. But if you show confidence and show that you're well worth Mm -hmm. the money and like, keeping your place there, in this case, right, building on skills and reaching, you know, putting my hand up and raising, you know, red flags when they come up or problems and solving them, you find yourself almost irreplaceable at times, which was really helpful for me. But I ended up getting promoted internally and I went to work in marketing. So different department, different group of people. Yeah. I was in commercial real estate too, which is supposed to be like really fun and exciting Mm -hmm. and creative. Mm -hmm. And it was, but I started it the week that COVID hit and of course, no one no. was in real estate. So I was just like, okay, this is not Shopping only really blocks. stressful and I don't know what I'm doing, but like mm-hmm. n- nothing's, literally nothing's happening. So that ended up being a downward spiral very quickly.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. That timing is terrible, <laughs> especially in real estate. Like, but you can't predict those things, right? Like, how were you, how was your mindset at that time? Were you worried? Did you start looking for something else? Like, was there chaos in the company?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, everyone was scrambling because we had never had work from home policies, period, ever. Like, unless you were, like, a managing partner of, like, 20-plus years in the company, Mm -hmm. you were not working from home. So everyone was scrambling to kind of get their stuff together and figure Mm -hmm. out what to do, as well as just the marketing team. Like, they didn't have infrastructure in place to actually show commercial property digitally, Mm -hmm. so they had to get, like, all these things in place and it's (laughs) – it's so funny how a lot of these companies, they operate in such old ways yes. with old processes and stuff. And then of course, like when they have to change, because in this case of a pandemic, like they don't have yeah. a choice. They're like, oh my God, why didn't we do this? And we're like, well, we've been telling we've been you, telling but you. you've just been stubborn because you don't like what, like, yeah. we can't help you. You can't help yourself. Like, yeah. So seriously, very cute.
0: I tell everyone, like, if you think that the government, cause I, I worked in government contracting. So if you think that the government is like smart and has systems in place, they're worse than corporate america these guys do their databases in excel it was like so it was like tearing out teeth to get one like client that i was working with in the government to switch over to an actual database product like and not excel like they do not want to change they do not want to change their systems they're so scared of it and i'm like we're not going to make any progress or improvements unless we change and that's that was my biggest actual like problem with corporate america in terms of the government contract sector was that Change is so difficult. And in the worst way, it's so great that we had COVID because it was one of those things that pushed change in a way that like us as employees begging for it weren't able to. So good and bad, right? Pros and cons. But while you were going through that, this was what, like 2020, right? What happened over the course of that year to get you to start thinking about, you know, quitting your job? Were you taking steps to, you know, slowly ease your way out? Or did you just quit?
1: I mean, I'd like to think that I planned things out. But, you know, I'm also (laughs) like really serendipitous. And like, if I'm itching to scratch something, we're going to scratch it. Right. So essentially, I you know how it is, you meet people, you have experiences, whatever it is, within the first couple of moments of meeting someone, you know, it's like not the right interaction or the right, not the right connection. Within starting this job, even if it wasn't the pandemic, I think within the first few weeks, I was like, I don't, this doesn't feel like home to me. This doesn't feel, Mm. this doesn't feel right. And Mm -hmm, of course mm -hmm. the stress and like the downtime of like having to reflect because I can't go to a bar and I can't like hide away from these feelings of wanting to be an entrepreneur, which I've had my whole life, but never knew what to do. Cause again, my thoughts when I was younger was like, well, in order to be an entrepreneur, you have to be someone who owns a practice. You have to be someone who owns a brick and mortar store, right? Online didn't exist at the time when I was growing up and I didn't have any of those qualifications. So unless I was going to open like a chain store, like a 7-Eleven or like a Chick-fil-A, like (laughs) really going to be an entrepreneur, you know what I mean? So (laughs) I had started to like think about things. Mm -hmm. I took about six months to like sit with the job and make sure like, okay, am I just being like you know, a, a, like, am I just throwing a temper tantrum because yeah. I'm stressed and I don't know what's going on and I don't know this industry or anything about it? I or asked is this myself actually a, couple a legitimate thing? Too. <laughs> I, you career. have to, right? It's a legitimate, you know, you have to make sure and think these things through because this was a life changing thing that I was going to, this is a life changing decision I was making. Big time. and You know, everything's on the line. So I, after about a couple months, I think it was around August of 2020. So at that point, right, five months in the pandemic, I was like, mm-hmm it's time, it's time to like, you know, take a course, like lean into business, explore some things. Mm-hmm. you know, what's so funny. I went to Craigslist cause I'm, I love Craigslist. I'm <laughs> always combing through Craigslist for anything. I'm just, yeah. I love it. Anyway, I saw a posting on there, a gig posting for someone wanting to have a guest on their podcast. And like, okay. I, again, the itch came up, like, I'm curious about this. Like, I think I'm a good speaker. I could do it. Yeah. And so I did the episode with him, fell in love with it. When I tell you I fell in love with it, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I have to do something with this. Like, I, mm-hmm, I don't know where, mm-hmm. maybe five years from now, but I have to do it. And of course, lo and yeah. behold, like a year later, like girls podcasting, but I yep. do not know. So I started podcasting, exploring that. I spent like $400 on like a course mm-hmm. to learn business. And it's so funny too, because I had put money aside for that course. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I got a ticket and I went for the hearing digitally the same day that I was going to buy the course because I got paid that day yeah. for work. Mm-hmm. Same amount of money, $400 here, $400 Ooh. for the ticket. And the day that I got off the Zoom call when the judge was like, you know, like, oh, this is how much it's going to be, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, no points, whatever, okay. And I was like sad. I'm like, okay, I guess it's not meant to be, right? I'm not supposed to be in business, like maybe next year. Mm -hmm. And I hear my mailbox open and close and I go out there and lo and behold, I get a check from my landlord. It's a $650 check that's prorated because apparently I was paying over $100 extra on my lease every month. So he sent me back money and I was like, dude.
0: It's a sign. It's I'm a actually sign. I'm
1: supposed to be a business. Dude. So I like went up on course. I bought like all the I bought my first Canvas subscription. Like we we got started. I bought my microphone. Yeah. Like we were up and running. Uh-huh. So you know, within a few months of me again sitting with the job and mulling this all over and messing mm-hmm. around online, within a couple of months, I gotten a foot injury and was like, "This is great. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go to work." And started realizing that's not healthy. And then I quit a week yeah. later because so I was like, "We're not going to or die. We're going to do something." <laughs> so it's.
0: Like, I, I planned it, but I kind of
1: didn't. <laughs> it's life. You got to roll with it. Things hit the, I mean, hit the pandemic, everything hit the fan. Mm-hmm. And that's entrepreneurship, as you know. Yeah. Things hit the fan every day and you have to adapt or die, essentially. So this was the moment. It was like, I'm literally going to sit here and die, like, <laughs> physically. I'm just starting to crumble. Yeah. Or I'm going to go and adapt and figure out how to make this work.
0: Yeah. I think it's so brave what you did because so many people, I'm sure, feel the same way. But are too scared to take that leap or are unable to as well. Like there's a lot of privilege that goes into that. Like you just said, like the $400 that could have been a make or break for you. And I felt the same it way, you at know, the time. Yeah. I think like looking back on my life, you know, in retrospect, I think I also always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Like I always felt like I wanted to just kind of like do a bunch of different things. And, you know, I didn't have the background for it, but I was like, I want to try and I want to do all these things. But those barriers of entry can be really like make or break, especially if you think that or you need a big sum of money to get started. And I think that's where content creation really bridges that gap because like all you need is your phone. Everyone has a mm-hmm. phone, and you just have to have a message and something to talk about, which you definitely did. So great segue. What did you call your platform? Corporate quitter. Corporate yeah, yeah. quitter. Doo, 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 doo. <laughs> <laughs> like the music in the background. So that is so – I love the name. I, I really love it. Did you tell your boss when you quit like, what you were going to do, what your plan was, and have they reached out? Maybe have they seen what oh, you've God. been doing since? <laughs> so –
1: It's funny because my, like, manager, technically, like, she wasn't, like, the top-level boss, but Mm -hmm. she was, like, my direct report. When I told her I quit, I was like, yeah, I just don't think this role is for me. I'm not sure what I'm doing. She knew I wasn't going to get another job, but she had no idea. Like, we weren't close, and at Mm -hmm. that point, we were bunking heads, so I was like, I don't even want to be – in the same realm as friends as you, like, we're just, yeah. like, we're just working together. <laughs> this is together. the last time and, we're going to see each other, by Like, the way. <laughs> literally. And, I mean, no, like, my other colleagues I got along great with, and we're still connected on Instagram, and we've been staying in contact. Nice. I just wished one of them happy birthday. Like, mm-hmm. we were still somewhat good, but it's so funny. And, like, of course, I'm, like, petty and whatever. I'm, like, you know, like, you guys told me I wasn't good at marketing, and you guys told me I was bad at my job, and, like, I was, like, now. doing terrible marketing. <laughs> and then, of course, like, my New York Times article came out, yeah. like, Later that year, Huge. like whatever it was, nine months later. And I saw all of them just sifting through my stories and looking at this and looking at that. And you could see when people are looking at it. You can things always like, see. I, and I was like, all the bean girls from that group, they were just all looking. And I'm like, when when did you like this? And I mean, that's pretty of me. But weep. like, I just had a, well, it's like, you know, when people, I, for my whole life, surprisingly, again, coming from being a teacher, I mm-hmm. was told consistently, not good enough, not smart enough, not qualified. And then to have this moment of like, you know what? Actually, screw you. You don't get to make the rules. I make the rules. I'm creating my life. And if it content creation is the way it's going to be or podcasting, like, so be it. I'm going to do it. And look what we're building. Like,
0: actually, sorry, not sorry. (laughs) The mug (laughs) is everything. It's all the way back for sure. I totally agree with you. I'm I'm so happy you told me that story that they were like looking through it because I feel the same way. Like when I see people lurking on my LinkedIn or like going through stories, it's such a nice feeling like to feel like you really accomplish something that is so out of reach until you get there <laughs> and then you do yes. it. It feels so good. I bet that was really like yeah. empowering.
1: It is. And it's also well, it's also empowering for me t- because I, then I get to empower other people because yeah. now that I've gotten I'm like, Actually, that was a lot easier than I thought it was. Like and a a lot of the things that I had achieved, I didn't actually chase. They came to me because I positioned myself correctly. So if I just teach people exactly what I did, I'm like, go do, go get it for yourself. Why wouldn't you be able to get it for yourself? Mm -hmm. The news is every single day they're creating content. They need people. Mm -hmm. They need, they need spots. They need interesting stories. Why not you? Yeah. You know?
0: Oh, great message. So yeah. Tell us what is corporate quitter? What did you create when you quit? And like, what does that look like? What do you offer people?
1: Yeah. So right now Corporate Quitter, well, okay. When Corporate Quitter started, <laughs> it was a platform for me to essentially rant about all the BS that goes in corporate, of course, mm-hmm. right? Like we all do in the problems we experience and kind of find that community of just like relating to one another and like trying to find a solution to the bigger problem, which is like capitalism, right? Ooh, the, yeah. big, the big thing. And so what's interesting though is all of last year into this year was like, how do we fix the problem, right? How do we move out of this, right? How do we put in the resignation like all of that stuff mm-hmm. very like methodical building a quitter starter pack stuff mm-hmm. and then this year it's now the second journey of quitter the quitter mm-hmm. journey as I call it mm-hmm. where it's deeper where it's like we're now starting to quit the things that no longer serve us in our relationships in our personal lives in our spiritual mm-hmm. practice in our health regimen like literally everything so I feel like I've been pulling the gunk out of my system the entire year which yeah. has been great because now I get to support my quitters in like the actual tangible things of like Hey, this is how you create a brand, and actually, like Mm -hmm. quit your job and do this and do that. But then it's also like, hey, when you are dealing with your the question of worthiness, this is what you deal with. And oh, hey, when you realize the friends who are around you aren't as ambitious as you, and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of gossiping, and you've outgrown that, this is what you do. So now it's become a holistic thing where it's like, let's embrace quitting in general. Mm -hmm. That when you quit things, it's actually great. It's not bad. Yeah, quitting is empowering because you're saying no to things that are no longer for you in Mm -hmm. all regards.
0: Yeah. I love that you're going through seasons. And I think that's the beauty of being self-employed and having your own platform that is also your brand is like, it's a reflection of you. And if you stay in one spot, you're not going to grow, but your audience is going to grow with you. And so like that first season, you really helped them with resources. You were like, this is what you do. And now you're like deconstructing what the problem was. Like, I love that. I think you've got such big impact with the work you do it's fantastic and you also have told me a little bit about this how you're exploring different jobs and like different ways to make money oh right God. tell me a little <laughs> bit about that <laughs> what are do we want to get into done? the really convoluted yes, thing i would love okay to i know, know you're gonna ask
1: it but i you know just didn't know how to throw it out there and then the whole world be like girl this wasn't supposed to be in the podcast but anyway so oh it is what now. Hannah is alluding to is i well like I said before, I love Craigslist. I will always try anything just for the sake of trying it because I'm curious. So I've done modeling. I've done this. I, I've done like mm-hmm. everything you could think of for the sake of curiosity. So, mm-hmm. lo and behold, do you want me to get into the full story of yes. how it happened, or like, <laughs> no. okay, okay, so. <laughs> I, after a hundred episodes, which is a lengthy podcast season, yes. hundred episodes over a course of a year, I was like, girl need a break from podcasting. Like I want to change things up. Like again, I was changing also right. Gabby 2.0 was emerging, Twitter journey mm-hmm. kind of expanding. So I was like, let's do something different. So season two, I wanted to get into more convoluted things. I wanted to get into like web three and the space of NFTs and all that. I wanted to get to OnlyFans and kind of mm-hmm. like that world because everyone's like ooh what is this and how to, how do we do these things right just like things that are different but also very unique. And mm-hmm. so I had posted on Twitter to my audience which again I have like 200 followers on there. That is not that is not my platform. It was just a place where the web3 community is and I was starting to get into it so I'm like let's nurture this. Yeah. Found out through posting, again, through Twitter to 200 people and saying, hey, I'm thinking about changing up season two, blah, blah, blah. It's going to contain this, this, and this, and maybe feet pics. <laughs> Turns out there's a whole wide world on Twitter around selling content. And all of a sudden, I was getting messages from people online saying, oh, my God, you sell feet pics. And my fo- iPhone was blowing up. That's so hilarious. So, of course, my brain well, again, first, first I'm like, no, 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 I'm not that girl. I'm not that girl. Please. No, no, no. Like I'm like praying to God. I'm like, please dad, I swear. (laughs) And then of course the other side of me is like, hold on, hold on, hold on. This number one marketing brain is like, this will make great content. Second of all, Mm -hmm. it's like, wouldn't my audience want to know this? That's my job as a podcaster. That's your job as a podcaster is to ask Mm -hmm. questions, to uncover solutions and like provide information to people who don't know things. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So My brain's like, okay, I'm curious about it too. Let's Mm -hmm. actually go through the whole process of like finding a buyer, taking a picture of my foot, selling it, getting cash, and then explaining the whole thing. And lo and behold, of course, that video went viral on TikTok (laughs) because everyone wants to know and then everyone wanted to know. So then Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I'll create a guide on it. So I created a guide. I sold foot pictures. I went by, like I did all these things around it because the opportunity was there. Look, when when you're an entrepreneur, it's sink or swim. So in this case, you got to make money. Exactly. And at that time, a brand deal, a nine month brand deal that I had 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 just collapsed under me. The contract went void, like things had Mm -hmm. just blown up. And I was like, girl's got to pivot again because that's Mm -hmm. entrepreneurship this came up and I was like let's mess around with this for a month and see what happens and Mm -hmm. that's that was it I did it for a little while and then we moved on from there but it's still I I still get messages from it I'm like this is (laughs) like hilarious and I appreciate it but like it's nice to never buy a pedicure ever again yeah so tell us
0: like how much did you make like can you share that or we can just direct them to the TikTok as well yeah no
1: it I I mean, I definitely don't charge what maybe other people would. I Are you undercharging them the
0: yourself end. on feet, pigs. Gabby. I definitely God, am. God dang. I
1: mean, well, also, like, I realized through a conversation with my boyfriend, he doesn't like that I do it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. good, because I needed a reason to not do it either. So I'm not really Canceled. doing it anymore. But I did mm-hmm. it for a little while. Essentially, it started with like, oh, like, you know, $10 here, $5 here. Like, you'd mess with the quote unquote buyer psychologically And I was using a censoring app, so I would like censor my foot and then like for every toe they wanted to see, I'd make them pay $5 or something. I would mess with them because again, like I, it's my thing. Like I wanted to play with it. And again, this is reporting back to my audience. So we're like, let's Mm -hmm. see. But it would vary. I mean, now towards the end before I stopped doing it, I was charging like 40 bucks a picture maybe. And it's literally just my foot. That is it. And then, of course, other guys would want to – or it was predominantly men, I'll say, as the buyers. Some of them would even say like, oh, like – do you want to go buy groceries? I'll pay them for you. We're like, Oh, I'll do this. Or like, Oh, if mm-hmm. you want to go get a pedicure, just like take a video of your picture for like 30 seconds after you do what it. And I'm like other forms of compensation.
0: I- that. Exactly.
1: So I'm like, great. I get a pedicure for $50 taking care of all I have to do mm-hmm. is send a 30 second video. Again, we're doing it in a safe way. It's over DMs. There's no geolocation, mm-hmm. like whatever. Mm-hmm. And now we've moved on. So it's cute. It was fun. I got the yeah. experience and that's all. No, I, I love
0: that. Perfect. No, that's so that's so interesting because like I've always wondered how much can you make? How to make a lot work? like you can make I'm a sure. lot. Sure. Oh,
1: there's one of the girls that I'm <sighs> gonna have on gracious. my podcast. Her name is Anna, mm-hmm. and she goes by the Sletcherpreneur. Mm-hmm. I reached out to her in the Love summer, it. but then we ended up like not linking up and then my podcast. Oh, yeah, I think changed. you sent me
0: her podcast or Did something. I really yeah, okay? Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh yes I think, no, the cover art. I think I checked it out yeah, yeah 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 Yeah, yeah, so
1: she's hilarious her and her manager her hilarious on her show so I was like I really uh-huh. want to like get to know her a little bit more because she seems interesting and like who doesn't love women entrepreneurs mm-hmm. like I, I don't care where, what you're love doing it. I just want to talk to you so I'm probably going to have her on for season <laughs> three to like talk more about those things but I mean I've gotten messages mm-hmm. from people who want me to do, like, barefoot crushing where I video myself, like, literally crushing eggs and avocados and weird – I mean, the the, the internet is the a weird fettishes. place. The internet is a very weird place, mm-hmm. so be cautious. But I think over the the feed picks thing as well as the guide that I sold, maybe, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, $600 or so, which isn't bad. I was just, Not like, bad. doing nothing, like, you know.
0: Yeah, I love that. I actually think it's so funny though that I feel like, you know, Dave Ramsey, the finance guy, he he's always like harping about coffee and like lattes and spending money on coffee, but it's like why aren't we talking about the predominantly men who spend money on like only fans and foot pictures and stuff and it's like you know maybe your budget would be better off if you didn't do that dude it's wild here i am sipping my coffee like we're in a recession (laughs) right now
1: we are entering into a recession (laughs) and these men are still wanting to pay for this that means that like that we shouldn't be comparing the way that we spend money we have there's no judgment on how people spend their money it's up
0: to them yeah And that's what I mean. Like, there shouldn't be any judgment. Like, how you want to spend your money is up to you. As long as you've got the budget, (laughs) then I don't see a problem with it. I mean, of course, as long as it's legal, but like, (laughs) sex work should be legal. Beat pics should be legal. Like, who says that shouldn't be? And if you can make money off of it, then in a safe way, I think that's a really interesting thing to explore. It is. Um, One thing that always gets brought up in my videos is, you know, the worthiness of jobs and like, we'll see, you know, doctors making six figures and then we see like a psychotherapist making like 60 or something. And, you know, they'll talk about that person deserves to make that much or that person doesn't. And I'm like, we shouldn't be having that discussion. I mean, of course, like people deserve to make a living wage, but why are we putting value on like people and their jobs? Like we should just see it black and white.
1: Yeah. <laughs> My I agree. argument. I one of mm-hmm. the things that I, it was a like rude awakening for me when I was in asset management. I, again, with raising my hand and Mm -hmm. being like in these certain rooms, I was working in HR Mm -hmm. for a little bit. I remember one year I helped them like reconfigure their database or something like that. And I, when I, I had to go through an entire floor of like 300 employees in New York city. So this is like top salaries. And I had to, I saw all of those salaries and what those people were making hefty and to see my whatever i think at the time i was making 78 as a base and maybe with overtime (laughs) it was like 100k and i'd see these people who were like entry-level analysts who are men white men making three times that six and i'm like Mm -hmm. i i get it you're handling money and that's a major thing but also like i i was a teacher at one point and i couldn't even get a forty thousand dollar salary let alone a job and it's like well we're crafting the minds of young people and you're managing Mm -hmm. money like How can you compare the two
0: at all? Yeah, you can't. And, like, it's such a difficult conversation about, like, you can't say that the people managing money making more don't deserve more because that's how much they're making. That's what the company decided to pay them. But, like, why are we placing more about – I don't know. I could go on and on about this. It's a hard conversation.
1: There is no answer to it either,
0: you know? No, no. I think there's a lot of responsibility there on companies, you know, and salary transparency really helps here because once we have that transparency, hopefully it'll increase salaries, especially for people who make lesser and women who are predominantly in teaching and such. So I'm hoping we'll see changes there in the future, but it's a tough conversation. But going back to your career and corporate quitter, I would love to talk about what you've learned doing this. You know, is that do you regret quitting your job? Are you happy where you are now? And also a little bit of like the finance aspect, because I know it's difficult. Like, oh, yeah. Shed some light on that, like the highs and lows of what your job is now.
1: Yeah. So this Year has been the toughest year of my entire life, which you've known. We've talked mm-hmm. about this both business-wise and personally. Mm-hmm. And that's part Ditto. of the quitter journey. Like I committed when I quit to quit everything that I that I needed to get out of my life. And so I've, I've committed yeah. to this. I will fully see it through, which is probably about a three-year period. And mm-hmm. at least just ballparking it. I knew it was going to be rough for three years. Last year – Yeah, it doesn't happen overnight. Oh, no, no, no. And of course, like it's interesting because – I thought going into this, like many entrepreneurs, that it was skill-based, that I needed to learn marketing and sales, and that's how I was going right. to thrive. No, no, no. This girl had no. to have multiple internal conversations about worthiness, about receiving money, about receiving love and support. I mean, like I, this year was the first year I didn't have a choice. I had to reach out to people and say, hey, I'm struggling this month. Do you have any opportunities? Mm-hmm. Do you have a gig? Do you have, I mean, to, to because mm-hmm. I believe so highly in what I'm doing and what I'm building, and to see all these setbacks mm-hmm. over time, I mean, one of the things I was trying to build this year was, as you had known too, was build out a mm-hmm. whole Web3 platform centered around helping quitters. Like literally we were going to get funded yeah. money to give out to quitters, to help them quit their jobs. We we're going to come up with, you know, all these things, resources in a community. And and the whole thing fell apart. And I was like, okay, right. we're pivoting. And, and that's just that's just the reality yeah. of it. So in terms of money, last year made like nothing. My all-in last mm-hmm. year for the entire year coming from 100K in my corporate job after, mm-hmm. you know, overtime, or whatever, was $17,000. Mm-hmm. And in New York, that is nothing. Oh, wow. I had $10,000 no. cash when I had, mo- you know, left my job. I mm-hmm. had paid off my debt. I think I maybe had like a grand, which was like nothing. And I had like $60,000 nice. in credit. Yeah, I was nothing. like, cool. Mm-hmm. We are, we've got multiple backup plans. I've moved back home mm-hmm. with my parents. Like I did this as methodically as possible. Because years Mm -hmm, prior, mm -hmm. I had tried doing the entrepreneurial route, the real estate, lost my apartment, lost my savings, lost everything, and had to completely start over at the age of 22, which is a hard start, hard start. So I'm like, we're not doing that again. But here we are. We're on year Mm -hmm, two. mm -hmm. We're we're just about approaching. (laughs) Well, we would hope, right? We're entering year three. And at this point, I thank God we're seeing growth, but- Last year, right 17K and you know, wasn't really sure what I was doing, didn't really have services yet, no offers really. But I had my media tour mm-hmm. and I had a following. I'm like cool, we'll, we'll move on from here. This year, yeah, started off the year strong, but then of course went through a breakup. Then I moved and all these pivots. So by the end of this year, I think gross we're gonna make is about 70K, which isn't bad considering I now okay, live in Texas and stuff. Good. But still, the amount of debt that I've accrued in the past two years of building this thing and also the debt. Not yeah. only business debt, but personal debt. I had a health issue that came up, which was about 20000 Like, we're talking like, like, it's almost like going back to school. We're at like $65,000 of debt. And this, I'm not worried about it because I know I'm going to pay it off. It's going to be part mm-hmm. of the underdog story and things are turning around for the better. Yeah, But this is the reality of it. And I tell my audience these real things every single day. Like, if you were committed to what you're building like I will not I will never stop I don't care until it's the last cent I don't care if I have to take my mm-hmm. 401k out I don't really care what it takes or selling feet pics on the internet I'm gonna do everything <laughs> in my power no really to grow and expand because yeah what am I gonna do sit at a corporate job and do nothing I left for a reason yeah and as much as the financial aspect of it has been hard number one we all know mm. those who thro- who who have worked hard, know it always comes back to you tenfold. But number two, I am not the same woman that I was a year ago, let alone two years ago when Mm -hmm. I was at corporate. I love who I've become and I have the best friends, like you being one of them. I have such good friends now. I have the best, most supportive partner I've ever had in my entire life. I mean, the the Mm -hmm. things are just racking up at this point. So there's no doubt that at some point the financial things will shift and everything will come together as they are right now. But it's hard, girl. It is hard. It is hard, Mm -hmm. especially when you got your personal stuff going on at the same time. It is not easy.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Huge props to you. I just, I find you so inspiring. And I think our audience will too. Just, you really have such a good outlook on things. And I think that your courage will give other people courage as well. Like, this is something people need to hear. Yeah being stuck in chains at corporate is just not, it's not a life sentence, it's a choice. And yeah. you can break out of it, you know, as corny as that is, but you give them really people, you gave me courage to see a light at the end of the tunnel. And so I, I think the impact you have is very tangible with people. So I'm just so happy to platform you. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, and I, I'm glad that I could, you know, look what you're doing now, you know, how, how much that fulfills me that I made oh. the impact on one individual per And you're one of many who've reached out to me who are doing yeah. incredible, incredible things. And now look what you're doing. Like, it is such yeah. an honor to be that person who had springboarded you. Like, I'm going to get emotional about yeah. it now, but look at the change that you're making in the world. Okay, maybe it's not me who's like, up in lights and doing this amazing thing but like we get it we are in this together to make a lasting change on the planet like yeah we are changing things forever things are never going to be the same after this and that's that's all I wanted mm-hmm. with this whole journey was to make an impact that is all I wanted
0: yeah oh my gosh and you did it you really did I've oh I'm so thrilled I'm like I've got like little goosebumps because I'm <laughs> so happy about it You talked about your highs and lows and like no regrets and stuff. Where do you see 2023 taking corporate quitter? What do you see coming next? (laughs) Dude, I wish I knew. (laughs) I was doing journaling today. I'm like,
1: what are we manifesting for next year? And I'm like, girl, you got
0: to get together.
1: Like the cool thing is that I'm doing so many different things, right? I do podcasting. I do coaching. I do consulting. Mm -hmm. But I also have been, again, dabbling in play this year because I was in the super healing mode of recovering from a breakup and just like, finding this new version of myself. And so now I'm looking towards doing more entertainment-based things, more appearances. Mm -hmm. I was doing acting lessons and singing lessons. You know, I've been doing drums. So at this point, we're just – I'm in flow. Like that's just what I'm trying to do is just continually be in this place of being present and taking up every opportunity that's presented to me. I hope next year Mm -hmm. we finally can bring together something really largely tangible to provide the quitter community Mm -hmm. that I couldn't provide on an individual level. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I want to get on Forbes thirty under thirty. I only got
0: six more months, so I swear to God, it better better happen soon. (laughs) What I mean, we'll we'll see. Six more months. Yep. Yep. No, definitely. I also heard that those things are bought, but I I don't know. But still, like I I like like
1: wouldn't hate being
0: an honorary. Not out of reach. (laughs) no I love it Gabby where can people find you where can they watch your amazing content listen to your podcast all your platforms
1: yeah so everything is corporate quitter so corporate quitter podcast is the purple one we are on social you know corporate quitter as well and corporate so you can find us there
0: Awesome. And we have our co-hosted podcast coming out really soon called Out of Pocket. If it's already out when we release this, then go check it out at the Out of Pocket podcast. (laughs) But thank you, Gabby. Yeah, this is awesome. Thank you, Hannah so much for tuning into the let's get coffee podcast i really hope you enjoyed this episode be sure to check the show notes for helpful information and links we mentioned on the show and if you need more career resources you can find plenty on our website i hope you have a wonderful day and we'll catch you next week with another episode thanks bye